0: title of my message this morning is "Sacrifice is the secret." In Ephesians chapter 2, verse eight, it says, "By grace, through faith we are saved. Grace in faith causes our salvation. But sacrifice is the secret to positioning ourselves for blessings and honor. Let me say that again. Faith and grace is required for salvation. It's the only thing that's needed for salvation. But the secret to receiving blessings and honor from God is sacrifice. Let me talk to you on those terms along that thought. See, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 specifically, Jesus was sitting down with his disciples. And all of a sudden, the mother of two of the disciples came walking up to Jesus with a request. Now, it's very interesting because when she came walking up with this request, it wasn't on her own accord. It wasn't her idea to bring this request to Jesus. It was actually her two sons that put her up to it. See, James and John, they were brothers. They were part of the twelve disciples. They went to their mother and said, Ma, let's just pretend they were Italian. Ma, We want you to go talk to Jesus and ask him for a particular favor. They were too nervous to ask Jesus themselves, so they sent their mother over. And so the mother walks up to Jesus and says, Jesus, can I have a moment? Jesus looks back at her and says, absolutely. What can I do for you? And she says, this is what I'm asking from you. In your kingdom, would you allow my sons to have a seat of honor? Would you allow one son to sit at your right hand and the other son to sit at your left hand. You see, Jesus is so intuitive and so sharp. She couldn't pull one over on him. He looked into her eyes. He looked into her heart and he knew immediately this question did not derive from her heart. It actually came from her boys. And so he looked at her, smiled And then looked over to James and John and he answered the question to James and John. He just he was done talking with the mother and he looked over to the boys who sent the question in the first place and he looked at James and John and he asked them this question. Are you willing to drink from the cup that I'm going to drink from? He wanted to know that first before he talked about the seats of honor in the kingdom of God. He wanted to know, are you willing to drink from the cup that I'm about to drink from? You may be asking, what cup was that? You can read about this cup in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus said, Lord, can this cup pass from me. See, this cup was a cup of sacrifice. He was about, Jesus was about to make the ultimate sacrifice. He was going to drink from the cup of sacrifice. He was going to sacrifice his own life. And what he wanted to know was James, John, If you want a position of honor, you too are going to have to make the sacrifice. James and John, they were willing to make the sacrifice. They looked back at Jesus and exclaimed, yes, we are. And they proved it with their actions. If you read about the apostle James, he lived his entire life sacrificing his own life for the cause of Jesus Christ. He stayed laser focused on serving Jesus and sharing the love of Jesus with everyone he possibly could. And he ended up having to lay down his own life for the cause of Christ. He was certain when he said, I'm willing to. To make the sacrifice, if you look at John, his brother, he too made a great sacrifice he didn 't have to give his life uh, in torture he didn 't have to give up his life on crucifixion or on a cross. What he had to do was a little bit different, but it was still a great sacrifice. See, John had to live the remaining years of his life in a prison, uh, completely away from everyone else on the island of Patmos. See, both James and John found out from the lips of Jesus, if you want to receive honor, then you have to be willing to make sacrifices. Let me just share with you. If you are sitting there today listening to this message and there are certain blessings that you need God to come through, you are not able to maneuver the, the variables of your life on your own. You need God to step in. You need the presence of the Lord to begin to move the puzzle pieces of your life around. You need blessings from God. Let me tell you, the secret to blessings is sacrifice. The secret to honor is sacrifice. James and John found that out straight away. One of the things we have to be willing to sacrifice are our desires that we have here on earth. These desires that our flesh has. This is why Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says this, Allow your life to be a living sacrifice because the desires of our flesh are often contrary from the desires of God. And we have to set our desires on the altar and say, these desires that I have, are you pleased with them? Because it's very important that we love what God loves and we hate what God hates. We have to be willing to back up and say, are there any desires in my heart that do not please you? See, in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 14 it says this we must Live as God's obedient children. We cannot slip back into our old ways of living to satisfy our old desires. Because we didn't know any better then. We can't slip back into those old ways. Once we tell the Lord, Lord, you are the Lord of my life. Every day of my life, I want to live for you. I want to worship you. I want to glorify you and I want you to use me. I want you to speak through me to other people. I want to have a relationship with you and I want you to speak through me. I want you to anoint me for a special purpose. When we say that, we have to be very cognizant that our old desires are are contrary to the desires of our heart. And that's why Peter said, don't Slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. See, there are times in our life, and today, this morning, might be that time for you, where we draw a line in the sand and we say, I am here to live for you. I am a living sacrifice. When I was growing up, one of my best friends... His name was David, and we used to play basketball together. Um, I've known him since, man, I think I knew him since I was eight years old. And When we were teenagers in high school, unbeknownst to me, he never told me this, all of a sudden he decided he wanted to have a close relationship with Jesus. He never told me that. He just started pursuing Jesus on his own accord. I didn't know that he had increased his intensity of his pursuit of the Lord until we were standing outside of a movie theater. We were standing outside of the movie theater looking up at the marquee. And I can't remember what movies were on the marquee, but we were saying them back and forth to each other. And I was saying, do you want to go to this movie? Do you want to go to that movie? And we were just kind of talking about the available movies that were there. And I said, I'll bet you that movie is going to be really good. And once again, this was many years ago. I can't remember what movie it was. But David looked back at me and he said, I bet you're right. I'll bet you that movie is really good. But there's going to be things that I'm going to see in that movie that is going to disrupt the intimacy that I have with Jesus Christ. And I'll never forget what he said next. He goes, it's just not worth it. I looked over at him as a teenager and he rocked my world. Of course, you know, I didn't say anything. I was just this curly haired kid with two loop earrings and, but I looked over at him. I was like, Oh my goodness. You didn't tell me that you were pursuing the Lord. Years later, years later, over 20 years later, here I am or close to 20 years later. Here I am remembering those words that if you want to pursue Jesus and you want To position yourself for blessings, sacrifice is the secret. You know, uh, the dove, a dove is a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit of God. If you read in the New Testament and especially in the Gospels, it talks about the Holy Spirit being a dove. In fact, at one point when Jesus was being baptized, the Holy Spirit came out of the sky like a dove and it rested on Jesus. Let me ask you a question and, uh, just as a visual illustration. If I had a dove, Sitting on my shoulder right now, knowing that doves are very uh, skittish, uh, anything can spook a dove. But if I had a dove sitting on my shoulder right now and I wanted to walk around the room and I wanted to walk around all day long without this dove flying off my shoulder, how would I walk? You know the answer to that. Every step I take would be with the dove. In mind, See, every decision I make would be with the dove in mind. Whenever we begin to think about our desires and we have certain cravings and, and our, our flesh begins to gravitate in certain directions. I'll give you a, a series of examples. Somebody does something that didn't meet your expectations and so you want to tell them off. You want to tell them off on social media, which is a great platform to tell them off on because they can't get to you and you tell them off or, or someone walks by and you have this burst of anger that rises up for no apparent reason at all, or jealousy begins to rage within you. Here's my thought. And here's my challenge. Take those emotions, take those desires, place them down on the altar and say, God, I don't want to have anything to do that with this. I want to sacrifice these desires. I want to sacrifice these feelings because I don't want to do anything that would disrupt my intimacy with you. Let's never forget that no sacrifice goes unnoticed and every sacrifice is rewarded. The second thing that I'd like to share with you regarding sacrifice is that we have to be willing to sacrifice our time. See, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says that we cannot please God without faith. Anyone who comes to Him must believe two things. Number One, you have to believe that he is that he exists. The second thing is is that you have to believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him in order to have faith in God, you have to believe both of those. you have to believe that he 's there, and you have to believe that whoever seeks him diligently he is going to reward him but if If you seek him diligently, what that is going to require is a sacrifice of time. Time. You and I are gonna have to look at our day and decide which parts of our day are untouchable to anyone else because it is our appointment with God. Which parts of our day do we lock ourselves up in our room and get on our knees and worship Him? Because it is going to require a sacrifice of time in order to position ourselves for honor honor and for blessings. Once again, you and everyone, you, myself, and everyone else desires blessings. Who doesn't desire to be blessed by God? But let's never forget that just wanting to be blessed doesn't do anything at all. But making a sacrifice before the Lord provokes blessings. It provokes honor. It puts you in position for that. In one of the most special sacrifices that you can make is sacrificing your time and making an appointment with God where you leave your phone outside of the closet door or the bedroom door where you turn off all notifications and you get on your knees before the Lord and you say, dear God, I love you. I like how the psalmist said it. This is in Psalms chapter five, verse three, where he says, Every morning, I'll be back at it again, laying the pieces of my life on your altar, waiting for the fire to fall. See, it also, uh, another one just came to mind. In Psalm 63, verse 1, it says, Oh God, my God, early will I seek you, for my spirit thirsts for you, and my body longs for you in this dry and thirsty land. See? these moments of sacrificing your time in order to pursue God has to become the most important thing in your life. Whatever is most important to you must take priority in your day. Number three is that we have to sacrifice not just our our desires, not just our time, but we also have to sacrifice our comfort. We, we love to be comfortable. We are addicted to being comfortable. And anything that comes into our life that disrupts our comfort level, I don't know about you, kind of sets us off just a little bit, sometimes a lot a bit, but just work with me. There are certain interruptions, certain troubles that make us incredibly uncomfortable, as silly as they may be. Uh, I, for one, don't like to wait. uh, I get impatient very, very quickly. Um, maybe you're like me when you're driving down the road and you're approaching a red light and there are cars lined up in front of you and you seem to really quickly glance All the cars and you study the year make and model of each car to determine which car do you want to get behind? Which car are you predicting is going to go the quickest when the light turns green? And then you pick that car because you don't want to be convenienced. Not even one minute. Uh, We do the same thing in grocery stores when we're walking around with a cart full of groceries and now it's time to purchase the groceries. And you begin to look at the different lanes to figure out which lane do you want to go in. First, you start looking at the cashiers. Which cashier looks the quickest? Which cashier looks like they know what they're doing and they're ready to start scanning stuff out and get it out of here? And then what do you look at? You start looking at who's in line. You start looking at what's in their basket and you start looking at whether or not they look like they're in a rush and are they ready to get out of here or are they just enjoying their day and they're not in any rush at all. How full is their basket? And you start looking around and comparing. Finally, once you pick a lane, what do you do? You pay attention to that other lane that you almost picked and you keep an eye on that lane and and you kind of keep pace with that basket that you would have been behind had you picked that lane and you keep on watching and if you realize that you picked the wrong lane because that lane is going faster than your lane what are you thinking oh geez louise here we go i should have been in that lane upset because we've been inconvenienced three or four minutes and i don't know about you if the person in our lane that we thought was going to go fast starts digging in their purse what do you do you probably do the same thing that i do you start looking around start saying hey what's what's going on over there what are you doing what's going on they start pulling out their checkbook and what do you think nobody pays with checks anymore. What are you doing? And then sure enough, they start having a conversation with the cashier. So how's your mom? How's your dad? And they're writing checks. And what are you thinking? Shut up and move along, woman. I want to get out of here. Why? Because we don't like to be inconvenienced, not even a little bit. But let's acknowledge a few truths. The moment you look at the Lord and say, Father, I am here to serve you. The moment you say, I am going to pursue the Christian faith. I'm going to surrender my life. At the very same time as you are choosing your Savior, you are also choosing to not ever be comfortable again. You will never be comfortable again. And why is that? Because in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, it says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against evil spirits and authorities and an unseen world. We're not wrestling against people. We're wrestling against spirits. There's always some spirit spirit that we can't see, we can't touch, we can't feel that's coming into our life trying to disrupt our rhythm, trying to bring us trouble and bring us stress constantly coming and every single day coming against us constantly wrestling if it's not COVID 19 it's our finances if it's not our finances it's something else there's always something that the enemy's trying to bring to keep us uncomfortable to disrupt our rhythm but let's be honest This is not new. If you've been living for Jesus your whole life, you have been experiencing attack after attack your whole life because the enemy hates Jesus Christ and the enemy hates everyone who loves Jesus Christ and he's out to torment them and bring them trouble. But see, our God is on the throne and when he sits on the throne and he sees us, Making the decision that I am gonna sacrifice my desires. I'm gonna sacrifice my time. I'm gonna make small sacrifices like letting people that I'm in a restaurant with, maybe I'll let them have the better seat at the table. I'm gonna make simple sacrifices. I'm gonna make large sacrifices. I'm gonna make a sacrifice anytime I feel the Holy Spirit, not out loud, but right here in my heart, begin to Compel me to make a sacrifice. What he does when the enemy is bringing us trouble is he smiles and he says, Come on, devil. That trick didn't work 2,000 years ago and it's not gonna work right now. And so he backs up and he puts certain scriptures in the Bible that we can memorize for moments like that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17, it says this, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal reward, an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. What that scripture is saying is for every trouble you experience, I'm going to make sure you receive a reward. You have sacrificed your life to serve me. So I'm going to make sure that your sacrifice positions you, not just to be blessed here on earth, but when you get to heaven, I'm going to honor you. You're going to be in a position of honor because you sacrificed and because of that sacrifice, the enemy brought trouble to you. For every trouble you experience here on earth in heaven, you will receive a reward. Let me say that scripture again, because I want it to begin to vibrate in your heart and in your soul. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17. Again, it says this, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. See our troubles achieve the glory. Our, our difficult seasons, our challenging times is actually producing for us a glory. Have you ever backed up in life and thought to yourself, man, I don't have the advantages that other people have. I I don't have the opportunities that other people have. Have you ever looked around and said, hey, this isn't fair. Some people were born with a handicap. They can't do anything about that was they have troubles that other people don't have. Some children were born millionaires. They were born millionaires. You know that. You've seen them in the news. They didn't do anything to become a millionaire. They were just born into a family that had millions of dollars, and now they are millionaires. Where there's other children that are born in a, in a hardship situation. And you back up and you say, well, hold on a minute here. If life were a baseball game, the one that was born as a millionaire, they're starting off on second base. Whereas the person that was born in a hardship situation, they still have to hit the ball. They have to go to first base. They got to make it to second base. My goodness, this isn't even fair. See, some people will never make a million dollars in their entire life. But then there's babies, infants, Children that are multi-millionaires. And you back up and you go, well, that's not fair. One person has a trouble that another person doesn't have. Well, see, Jesus stands on the throne. He is the one that says, hey, don't worry about it. For these light and momentary troubles that this person has, that that person doesn't have, is actually achieving for them an eternal reward. They're going to experience a reward that the other person is not able to receive. Now, the the millionaire baby, they're going to have different troubles. They're going to have different challenges. And those different troubles and those different challenges are going to earn for them a different reward that's unique for them. But just let this be known that no sacrifice goes on. Unnoticed, and every single sacrifice will be rewarded. that soft little sacrifice that you think nobody notices, God noticed God noticed and took note of it. You know, I was thinking about the disciples and I was thinking about Judas, and I thought to myself, "How can a man follow Jesus around?" walk with Jesus, see all of his miracles, and then betray him. How could somebody do that? How can you see what Jesus is doing? Be that close to Jesus and allow your heart to drift away. Here's the conclusion that I came up with. At some point, he stopped sacrificing his own desires. He stopped sacrificing his time to talk with him and to open up his heart to him. He stopped sacrificing Sacrificing these moments in order to draw close to him. You see, those people, you, myself, our friends, our family... All of us have the same decision to make. Do we love Jesus enough to sacrifice our entire life to say, this is in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, however, my life means nothing to me if only to finish the race and complete the task of testifying of the good news of Jesus Christ. Because in order to position yourself for blessing, blessings Position yourself for honor. The secret is sacrifice. People who do not make sacrifices in their relationship with Jesus will always be disappointed. They will be the ones that back up and fold their arms and look up and tap their foot and back up and squint their eyes and say, I don't know if Jesus is always there for us. I don't know about church and I don't know about preachers. I don't know if the gospel's really real. Here's the truth that we must accept that salvation comes through grace and faith. But honor and blessings are established when we position ourselves by making sacrifices both small and great. Let me pray for you. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. May his face be turned towards you and bring you peace. Be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ.